Welcome to the Equip Podcast. Here you'll find conversations from people of all different walks of life, sharing their experiences, the things the Lord has taught them, and things to equip you. Equip is based on Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, that talks about equipping God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. That is our goal here, to build you up and equip you through seasons of ups and downs in life. Welcome back to another episode of the Equip Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Gibson, and today I'm in the studio with Debbie Stewart. We are recording our last episode of the Equip Podcast for the season. Oh, that's kind of sad. It's kind of sad. But I'm so excited because we're going to be recapping some of our favorite moments from the season. Uh, We are going to take a summer break, but we're going to come back in August with some amazing topics and guests. Y'all should see the list. We've been working hard on that lineup. Oh, stay tuned. More to come. I am so excited. So um, we're just going to review kind of how we felt equipped in this season of episodes and from the various guests, and I hope you'll jot down some of your own notes. I love to do that, to go back and get our highlights. And we want to do what the Lord says. At this few minutes, we want to reflect on His faithfulness to us and to our listeners, to our subscribers. We want to thank Him for opening this avenue to reach women, to put tools in the hands of women, to equip them. And we pray and hope that that's exactly what we've done. And we're so grateful for you, our listeners, uh, tuning in each week. If you missed an episode, you can always go back and um, it helps to subscribe to the episode because then it's just automatically in your podcast app every week. And so we appreciate you listening and taking time to submit feedback or let us know your thoughts on episodes or what you want to hear in the future. Yes, love to hear from you. I'm reminded of what the Bible says in Psalm 103, that He crowns our lives with good things and with His faithful love. So we hope that you've experienced that. Let's do a little run through of some of the episodes and the impact that it's had in our lives, what we've heard back from listeners or the highlights. I'm so excited. Well, we'll start with number one, our marriage episode, which Debbie, you joined us for that episode. Mm-hmm. One of my biggest takeaways was when you shared about Genesis 2, 15 through 18, and the biblical roles that we have as men mm-hmm. and women in marriage. And uh, I remember you talking about how when we leave our roles, it can create harm or we, it can create mm-hmm. chaos in right. our marriage. And so really trying to be intentional about living into the roles is what creates harmony and healthy rhythms. It does. And what was helpful to me is to know the Lord has given me an assignment, anything else that I have created to do or a person to be or a thing to do in my marriage is not honoring to him. He's given me a role. He's given me assignment. If I stay in my lane, that's the big part there. Stay in your lane. Mm, That's good. It makes me think of group projects, you know, when you're in school and if somebody doesn't do their role, then the person that takes over that role can get bitter and mad about what you didn't do your part. Listen, and for a lot of years, I made this thing a lot harder than it really was. Mm. You know, I tried to make this, oh, this is this, and this is what all I have to do. And really, the Lord gave me a role, and He gave me a lane and an assignment. And when I just got in that, it made it uh, much easier for me. And I'm just a much happier person because He honors that. So mm. that was a fun one uh, to do from the beginning. That's good. And then the next episode, we had Leanne Kirkendall come on and sharing about <laughs> God's opinion versus our opinion. Such a great episode. Uh, from that episode, I really learned um, when she was talking about about minding your own business. Yeah, that was rude, I thought. I I mean, it was a little rude, but in a convicting (laughs) kind of way, you know. Uh, She shared about how we can get hyper-focused on other people Mm -hmm. and lose sight of the fact that God is trying to do a work in us. And just really, I've been trying to look for that in my life of, okay, 
am I, is this something that I really need to be worried about? No, Mm -hmm. probably not. I need to be focused on what the Lord is doing in my life. And she brought a lot of comparison in, in that. And really what, what, what our emotions cause us to feel, we can be so driven by emotions and by our feeling. And really, if we just focus on what the Lord has called us to do and the, the, um, things that he has given us to do and take action in that step. But I love, she reminded us about comparing along with that. So stay, stay, mind your own business and then not comparing your lives to others. Well, I heard a speaker recently talking about comparison and they were talking about how when we are comparing ourselves with one another, we are removing the glory from God. Like we were created to give glory to God. But when we compare Mm -hmm. with one another, we're really just competing to get our own glory. I love that. I I thought that. that was really fascinating. Uh, the next episode we went to was caring for ourselves in light of how God created us. And that was with Amy Waters. And I just felt mm-hmm. like I was drinking. I learned so much. Hydrant. I did too. Oh, so good. When she said value does not come from all of the things I do and produce, mm-hmm. value is assigned to me by God. I receive it from him and don't increase that by doing more or less. That really got to me. I know. And you and I both have uh kind of one speed, it's wide open. Uh-huh. <laughs> we have a bias toward action. Yes. And so we have to make room. Hers was very, very practical. And and after about the third episode, I began to realize the Lord was weaving a theme. It seemed like, you know, I'm a very thematic person. It seemed like he was weaving this theme throughout all of our podcasts about making room for him and prioritizing mm. him and getting in line with what he is doing. Hey, that was a great good. episode. Very practical steps she gave. Yes. And just a great reminder that our identity lies in Christ doesn't rely on my job or my marriage or my family. My accomplishments. No, nothing. Right. It's it's in Christ alone. Maybe. So. Good. Well, and then we had Pastor David join us for the he next so episode. Oh, loved having that. And it wasn't, he talked about marriage on the episode, which was my favorite mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. as a newlywed. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't even why we Pardon? came to the uh, episode. I but, love how the Lord directs our conversations in that way to what's needed for the day. Oh, me too. And that practical advice of dialogue daily, date weekly, and depart mm-hmm. quarterly. Really, I've been trying to look for ways in my marriage of, okay, are we having the daily dialogue? Are we right. dating? And, you know, in COVID times, sometimes it's harder to get out or life mm-hmm. gets busy, but mm-hmm. making sure to be intentional to have those date nights and then uh, depart quarterly. Like, give me a vacation. Yeah, Let's right. do it. Even if it's a staycation, um, next month in May, John, Mark, and I, you know, the two disciples that I'm uh-huh, married to. Uh-huh. It takes two to keep me in line, as we all know. Uh, we will have been married 37 years. Wow. And as a part of that, what we tried to really work on is not allow difficulty, not allow suffering or sorrow of painful circumstances to drive us apart. We respond to those very differently, but allow those to pull us together. Uh, and also not allow children to pull us apart, but to pull us together. Oftentimes, uh, when we have kids, they'll begin to try to pit one parent against the other. Sneaky, sneaky. Yeah. Or try to, I know you don't know anything about Mm -hmm. this, but try to get to one. And uh, so we have learned just to be together. The Lord made us as one. So making those decisions as one, Uh, finding something fun that we do together. I told somebody not long ago, um, I I know how to fish. I have caught a fish bigger than the children I've given birth to. The reason I know how to fish, obviously I don't look like a fisherman. I don't look like I, I like worms or anything that has to do with fishing, but I love a fisherman. And that's why I learned to fish, because there will be times that that's what we do together. And that's what makes a marriage strong. Oh, that's really sweet. I love that challenge to myself and our listeners Mm -hmm. to find something fun to do. Play together. Yes, I love that. Well, in the next episode we had with Katie Gossett and Shelly Real share about Mm. community and such a strong insight and challenge to us to find Christian community, because otherwise they, we, our community can be leading us astray. Like we want right. biblically based community. 
And well, and also they challenged us to go uh, toward initiating those friendships mm-hmm. and how difficult that can be face to face. And I think Facebook has uh, made that harder for us to do. I'll never forget when Facebook came out and and uh, I was getting these Facebook friends, and it was it was a, a out of focus thing for me. I was just uh, totally involved in too much of that when it first came out. And so uh, I remember I was up to 3,470 Facebook friends. And so through speaking and whatnot, I had friends from all over the place, I had all these friends. And and I'll never forget one afternoon we had received some uh, difficult news. And so I was working through that. John Mark and I were working through that. And I was telling him, but you, you don't understand how I feel. You don't understand what I'm trying to say. And, and But you don't get me as a woman, the emotions that I have about this particular thing. You don't really get that. And, you know, and then I said to him, I'll never forget. I said, I just, I don't have anybody to understand. I don't, I don't have any friends that really understand this. He said, can one of those 3,470 friends that you have help you through this process? Can any of those people help? And the deal is we, we don't go face to face very often. So I loved their challenge in building friendships, not on a social media site, but over a kitchen table. Absolutely. Well, and even trying to be intentional, whether on social media or in real life to encourage and build up those friends. Like I've realized sometimes I'm just guilty of scrolling through social mm-hmm. media and I've really tried to challenge myself, stop and recognize that this is a person mm-hmm. and offer encouragement to That's them good. just like I would somebody in real life or I would That's hope good. to mm-hmm. and so trying to be intentional with those friendships to be more encouraging is something I've challenged myself to lately it's not it takes what three seconds to leave an encouraging comment I, I can do that we can well and then we had uh, the episode with Dr. Grace oh, English oh so vulnerable and raw her sharing her experiences about shattering strongholds in her own life and Debbie you have a great definition of strongholds can you share that with us Yeah I studied that a while back and one of the things that was surprising to me is that the Greek word for strongholds is partition and that didn't make sense to me at the beginning I'm like partition like a partition in a room if we set up a, a divider in a room but that's exactly what it means and that's why the Bible says um, to be careful that it doesn't set itself up. A stronghold will set itself up and it begins to divide. It begins to compartmentalize. It begins to make some uh, a, a biblical principle or a focus maybe in your life. When you set up a partition, it begins to divide that out. And we don't want that kind of division in our hearts and in our minds especially. Um, another definition is something that holds you back from doing the will of God. Mm-hmm. Again, it goes back to setting itself up, which gives the indication of pulling you back or dividing. Uh, you were separating like a partition would separate things in a room. Tony Evan gives, gives this great definition of a stronghold. It's a faulty thinking pattern based on lies and deception. And we know that the primary weapon of the devil is, is deception. And it's building blocks for a stronghold. Just those little thoughts of deception, those lies that he tells, builds that up. There's where that partition begins to take place. Well, and it's like we talked about in summer Bible study in 2020 on mental health and emotional wellness. Right. How... When we don't take our thoughts captive, mm-hmm. they grow. That's exactly And so it's right. so important, even with strongholds, to take that initial thought captive so it doesn't build into something stronger. Right. And the enemy gives us a barrage of negative, critical... Uh, information all day long, just to see what'll stick. He's like, he's just throwing everything around. Well, what, what are you going to do now? Well, what if this happens? Now look, here's what she meant by that. Oh, she didn't say this. It just a, a barrage of those thoughts coming through our mind. That's why we have to guard against those. Mm, absolutely. Well, moving on to our next episode, we had Justin Hayes and Megan Goad share about foster and adoption and just 
hearing their own personal stories with that was such an mm-hmm. encouragement to me. And just, uh, I loved how Justin challenged the idea that we don't want to get too attached. He said, we hear that a lot when people are talking about, well, I don't know if fostering's for me because I don't want to get too attached. And that's their whole that's thing the at whole Fostering thing. Collective is that's the point. Right. We need to get attached. We love Fostering Collective. And I've been surprised when we first moved to the Tyler area to learn that we have uh, here in East Texas, a very large number of children that need to be fostered. I did not realize that, but we have a very high rate of that. Uh, absolutely. It, it breaks my heart, but it's also a really awesome opportunity for God to use families to transform lives with His truth. Right. And as we're ways, raising awareness, it impacts lives. It changes the future. Well, and then the next episode, I'm a little bit partial to because it was <laughs> so fun interviewing my dad on the podcast, talking about discipling the next generation with him and uh, Jennifer Grigsby, our children's minister. And that was just a fun episode hearing from them about how parents can lead by example as Christ followers for their children. Well, I love that too, because one thing that I've learned through through parenting and being involved in student ministry in a number of years as we tried to lead in camps and things like that was the, that kids, uh, for the most part, are not going to do what you say. They're going to do what you do. Mm-hmm. Now, you can make a two-year-old, a three-year-old, maybe a four- or five-year-old, you can make them do what you say. Uh, a wooden spoon will help you do that. <laughs> uh, you can make them do what you say, but when they get 14, 15, and 16, they begin to make decisions and you cannot make someone walk with the Lord. And so as a reminder that we are leaving a legacy for those coming behind us as we are developing and modeling certain behaviors in our family or of origin. Which is a cool thing that we also talked about in that episode was how sometimes parents are saying something and the kid hears it from somebody else and they're like, oh my gosh, this is so right. (laughs) This is great. And the parents like, I've been telling you this all along. I remember having that experience in high school myself. Like I heard it from a mentor and my mom was like, I have been telling you this for Mm. years. And I was like, well, I just maybe didn't want to hear it from you. Probably (laughs) didn't. Uh, We noticed years ago from uh, George Barna research that there was a mass exodus of millennials from the church. Mm. And one of the reasons that they gave is they felt like their parents were faking it. They felt like their parents were acting a certain way on Sunday morning, dressing a certain way, acting a certain way, using certain language. And then during the week, it was different. And uh, they they didn't want to be in a fake relationship with the Lord. They didn't want to fake that. So they they went looking for what's really real. And we can demonstrate that and model that for our kids. This is a real relationship with the Lord. And what happens to me on Sunday morning is still going to be happening on Monday night and Tuesday as well. Mm, that's good. Uh, next episode was on a female leadership with you and Linda Lesniewski. And Debbie, your perspective on Deborah and judges and being a woman that adds value to a team, I think is great advice for all women, but especially women like me who are young and beginning their leadership. I hope that women leaders will be adding value to the organization where they serve and, and not just uh, church, but also in any organization, secular organization as well. And I I want to complete the mission of our church, not compete against it. And I want our leaders to feel like we're not doing this without women's ministry. We are a valued part of that team. And the roles, again, if we go back to marriage, there are roles that women are given in leadership. And if we stay within those, and right now that's a hot topic among what women can do and what women cannot do. Hey, just do what the Lord has called called you to do and do it well and leave it all on the field. 
Well, and one thing I've seen in your leadership, uh, adding value to the team is it is so evident that you spend time with the Lord every day. I mean, you'll come into meetings with, Hey, this is just what the Lord is teaching me. I think that this applies to the situation and it's such an encouragement and it really does add value to the team. Yeah. Like I would be a crazy person without that, with, <laughs> with, with the history and my background and my family, you probably don't want to meet. My family's often said, I have you spent time with the Lord this morning because it shows, you know, the Bible says those who are with the Lord are ready. And that shows in our life and that demonstrates to other people. So may it always be so. I hope that I will always be making that a priority in my life because that's where the leadership calling and the leadership um, assignments and then the courage to do what God's called you to do. He makes you brave, but we've got to sit down with him and work through that, just you and him together. Well, in the next episode, we had our own women's ministry team girl, Abby, come Mm -hmm. share with her mom about how overcoming addiction and how her mom struggled through addiction. And one of the things that stood out to me in that episode was when Angela, the mom, said that her addiction was not an addiction issue, but a pride issue. It was amazing. It made me think about um, how we have to treat the root of our sin. And it reminds me of Proverbs 16, 18 that said, pride comes before destruction and arrogant spirit before a fall. And it's so Mm -hmm. important. What What is the root of this issue that we're having? Well, it's pride. Right. And we need not think that all addiction has to do with drugs or mm. all addiction has to do with young people. You know, my son was addicted to drugs and Abby's mom was addicted to drugs. But now we have learned, matter of fact, I read this about three days ago, that psychologists and clinicians have identified we have developed a level of addiction to social media. As a matter of fact, let me read exactly what they said. Here is the definition of social media addiction. It's a thing now. All the retweets, the Facebook likes, and similar rewards for posting content on public networks raise dopamine levels in the brain, causing a shift in the natural state of these levels in the brain's reward area. Using these platforms can be likened um, by uh, can be likened to syringing dopamine straight into your system. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's not just drugs that we can develop an addictive to. It's interesting. To. My connect group is full of. 20 year olds, 20 somethings. And we were talking about this the other night, how we get the phantom buzz like, Oh, mm-hmm. did, was that my phone? Did my phone go yeah. off? And then, Oh, well it didn't. Or when we do get it, when we do get a notification, it's like an instant dopamine mm-hmm. burst of mm-hmm. excitement. And Ooh, somebody was talk- talking to me or stress. Look what they said. Yeah. Exactly. Or stress when we have like work notifications or emails or things that we have to deal with that mm-hmm. we don't want to deal with or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. And so we were talking about how important it is to set boundaries in our lives and Hey, one girl said, I just turn my phone off for an hour every day and I'm just done. And I've heard from other people about how important it is to stop being on your phone like an hour or two before you go to bed and trying to be intentional about this tool that God has given us and not allowing it to be a weapon in the enemy's hands. Right. And COVID created more of that mm-hmm. to where we did our shopping online. We did our we did our food pickups because we could not go to the store. And so we, we did began our meetings. To, we did. We did meetings online. And then everything just went that way. And we we trained our brain to respond to those type things. And, and now we need to retrain. You can train your brain as we learned in Bible study. You can change your mind and you can train your brain. So addiction is not just to drugs. So that was a great episode. The next episode was, was someone fun. should have told me, man, I was laughing. I was <laughs> learning. I just felt like I was drinking from a fire hydrant watching this episode mm-hmm. or getting to be a part of it. There was so much good wisdom shared from you and mm-hmm. Tony and Cindy. Um, and one of my 
my big takeaways from that episode was when Cindy challenged us in the way that we see strongholds. And she said, is the stronghold holding on to us or are mm-hmm. we holding on to it? Mm-hmm. That's powerful. I love just hearing from women in different generations. Mm-hmm. And my mom did not live uh, past 40. And so I love other women speaking into our lives. And that's one of the things we want to do with this podcast is just wisdom, just life lessons that you've learned in your journey. Speak those into someone else's life. Even the fun stuff is not all the spiritual things. It's the practical things. It's the woman things that you can only learn from another woman. I can't tell you how many people have come up to me and commented on that episode. Well, if I'm glad somebody told me uh, totally, I'm going to yeah. blow up like a Michelin man <laughs> in my hips. <laughs> it was funny. Got to listen to that one. Well, and then your son came and shared on the Shattered Dreams episode. And um, one thing I loved about what Jared shared was him talking about he was, how he wasn't ready for an intense Bible study or a worship service when the Lord got a hold of his heart in prison. But he read the Jesus Calling devotionals, mm-hmm. uh, which are pretty short mm-hmm. devotionals you can do in the morning or Start evening there. or whenever. Um, and he encouraged me so much by sharing that because it reminded me that God meets us where we're at. You know, we mm-hmm. may not be ready for the super long, in-depth hours and hours at a time, but God is going to meet us where we're at. And we don't stay there. We continue to grow from that point and grow closer. Right. And he he talks to those who talk to him. And mm-hmm. for a long time, Jared wasn't talking to the Lord. And as he began to focus and turn back and look toward, the Lord met him right where he was. So I hope our listeners uh, heard our story of hope and God's faithfulness to not give up, even when your loved one is walking a dark path. But you keep believing and you keep acting in faith. Mm, That's good. Well, and then our last episode before this one was on grief with Jane Simmons, who did such a great job sharing Mm -hmm. about how present God can be in our grief. Um, I was interested in the statistic that she shared that she said it takes 18 months to two years to process grief. And I thought that was interesting that she had said that. I think Mm -hmm. um, maybe that's the initial hump, but I feel like grief is something that we have with us probably our whole lives. You do. And and you learn to adjust to that. And sometimes it just catches you so off guard. I'm usually prepared for Mother's Day or certain days that I know will be extremely extremely difficult, but it's those little times at at, at my daughter's uh, ballet recital, you know, that I wasn't prepared for. And I was glad to hear her say that professionals have come back to realize that that stages of grief is not a thing anymore. Mm. I I, I got messed up on that grieving process because I try, I'm a rule follower. So I'm like, okay, these are the steps. Mm -hmm. You need to be be mad and then do this and then do that. And I couldn't get those in order. And I thought I was doing something wrong or, or I wasn't doing it right. I'm not doing, I'm not grieving right. Everyone grieves in a different way. And and it's not a progression of steps. It's just seasons of grief, maybe even waves of grief that you go through. I heard a great illustration, a picture, if you will picture a box with a big ball in the middle of the box. And on the upon the initial grief, that ball in that box is very big. So anytime you move that box, it's hitting every wall. And that's what grief does. It just hits you emotions all the time, crying all the time. You never know what it's going to hit. Never know when it's going to hit. Never know what it's going to be like big ball. But over time, if if you are working through those seasons of grief and those those roles of grief, uh, that ball should get smaller and smaller. Now it's still in there. It's never going away. Mm-hmm. It's still going to hit. We don't really know when it's going to move and what wall it's going to hit and what side and waves of emotion will come over you, but it should be less and less and more and more manageable that it doesn't drive your life anymore. It doesn't drive your emotion and no longer paralyzes you. So I was glad to know there's not a one, two, three step on how to do this the right way. It's hmm, good. Well, I think overall this season has reminded me one that iron sharpens iron, like Proverbs two seventeen says, 
And I think it has made me grateful for people who live out Psalms 145, 4, that says, one generation will declare your works to the next and will proclaim your mighty acts. Mm, may it always be so in women's ministry at Green Acres. And I'll close with this. We are your maidservants. Let it be as you desire. You've heard from us from the past 14 episodes, things that we're liking and things that we're loving and learning. And so we want to hear from you. Mm -hmm. So share this episode, tag us on social media, comment. What are you loving and what are you learning right now? And we'll see you in August for season two. Yay! Thanks for listening to the Equip Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to be the first to know when a new episode drops. And follow us on social media to stay connected. We're at GABC underscore women. See you next time.